Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. Sunday, July 6th. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. We have the varsity team on tap today. We haven't used that term in a while, uh, but I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Howdy, Julie. Love, love Hi. Hi. I'm sort of sad today. Summer's over. You know, it's after the 4th of July. You know, they clear out all the summer stuff. They bring in all the winter clothes. It's <laughs> over. Summer's over. It's so all down here, downhill from now. <laughs> it is. that I've, I have read they're starting back to school earlier than ever. Oh. Uh, all right, Liz Dolan in Santa Monica, California. Liz, I know you love back to school season. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy to get through the 4th of July because you know how hard that is on dogs. So, but I just got to say, another successful 3rd, 4th, and 5th of July with Ferris in his thunder shirt. So I just cannot recommend that enough for people with anxious dogs. Julie, I don't know. Zorro doesn't seem to get anxious about anything. No, no Zorro does not. That is the fireworks are fine with him. Just bring him on. He does not care. Right. And, and Leah and Mia has no problem with that. Doesn't care. No. I mean, she looks up like, what's that? But she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't care. <laughs> so, See, Ferris shakes so much. It's like he's going to shatter into a thousand pieces. Aww. So anyway, the Thunder shirt, I cannot recommend that more highly. All right. Well, later on in the show, we, we thought we had a feel-good story about a food uh, truck, Chen, that we would want to tell you, but it turned into a social media disaster for yeah. Liz. So yeah. she's going to tell you that. Julie has a hard-hitting uh, report on eight reasons why you have to watch Scandal. <laughs> yes, indeed. Forget summer reading. You don't need any of those books. Just, and I spotted what is possibly the worst vacation ever uh, in the New York Times travel section today. So stay tuned. We have a lot to cover on Satellite Sisters. But first, you guys, I just need to let you know that I made it through uh, 10 days without a washing machine. Why? Well, our, Why would you do that? Well, the start button on our washing machine was broken. And, like, it, you couldn't. Everything was fine. You just couldn't get the button to work. <laughs> so I tried the Edna Dolan method. Like occasionally it would spring to life for about a week, and then uh, we couldn't get it at all. And so um, we had to have a guy in, and then he had to wait four days for the part. So long story short, we're 10 days without a washing machine. And I just want to say that is a test of the depth of my yoga pants collection. And <laughs> I can report. That I successfully made it through. I have such a deep yoga pants collection <laughs> that I made it through t- <laughs> ten days. My washing machine. But on the on the last day, I did have to put on pants because uh, I was out of yoga pants. And I happened to see Sheila that day, and she looked at me. She's like, "Are those? Is that? Do you have pants with a zipper on?" I go, "I do. I know." <laughs> So, Lana, you, you did not resort to washing your clothes in the dishwasher. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I'm, con- I, I'm concerned. Since you gave that report, the Satellite Sisterhood seems to be putting everything in the dishwasher. 
<laughs> Have I you know. noticed? People putting sneakers in the dishwasher yesterday. Of course, Leanne. They come out shiny and white. Yes. <laughs> Leanne, Leanne, another thing you might consider, when our brother Brendan lived with me, like right after college when we were sharing New York City apartment, you know, he was not a big fan of doing his own laundry. So he would go for a run about around Central Park, and then he would come home, and he would just get in the shower in his running clothes oh. and r- rinse them off in the shower, hang them up in there, then complete his shower. And that was his process for uh, uh, garment cleansing. So if it really gets desperate there, I know it's hot in Pasadena this weekend. You might just want to wear your clothes into the shower and see how that works. Okay, that's a good one, Liz. I mean, we're good now. We've made it through. Uh, The washing machine is fully operational. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big deal when the start button doesn't work. So, (laughs) as we learned. But I, I have 10 days worth of yoga pants. I can confirm that. Okay, Lynn, very impressive. Well, I, I mean, did it lead to, I mean, did the kids do any hand washing? Did you have any of that going on in your house? No? We just have one. Uh, Colin has a job where he needs to wear a uniform T-shirt. And yes. uh, so we did have to hand wash that. Okay. okay. I, I had to hand wash it. He didn't. <laughs> you know, he would have just worn it. <laughs> you should just point at the dishwasher and tell him to do it himself. I didn't even, you know what, Liz? I didn't even consider putting You didn't? I told you. It's the one appliance, Liam. It's the go-to appliance, okay? Never again. Don't ever get yourself in that situation. Hey, sisters, I, I had, there's some interesting research that's just come out. It's a research team out of the University of, of San Francisco, and they are looking into the genetics, the clue, genetic clues for restful sleep. Because don't we all want that? Don't we yes. all you know, have sleep that, you know, we, where we wake up, we feel refreshed. And they kind of believe that, you know, they're, they're working on trying on the genetics of it because they think that there are family similarities um, with, with sleep patterns. I mean, they've identified night owls. Okay, we all know what those people are. Those are the people that like to stay up late and they aren't so good at getting up in, early in the morning. But they've also identified another group of people that they're referring to as morning larks and these are people that go to bed unusually early but also rise very early uh, in the morning so and what they mean by going to bed early is they go to bed by 8 30 at night but they will usually get up before 5 30 in the morning and if i have my choice <laughs> i believe that i would be considered a morning lark so uh-huh. But here's the part that confused me, that if we, if as sisters we share genetics, I would never, as a morning lark, think to pick up the phone and call, let's say, Monica uh, when I'm up and bright and shiny at 6 o'clock in the morning, because I don't believe that she is a morning lark. So, or Liz, do you feel, I don't think that you, you're a morning lark, but... no. No, I have trained myself over the years just because life demands that you get up early in the morning and start working. Uh, I've trained myself over the years to be okay with it, but I don't think it would be my natural timing. See, that's – so I – even so they – but they're studying whole families because they think that these families have similar sleep patterns, and I don't see any of those patterns developing in our families. They've also identified people, some people, that require unusually small amounts of sleep. Now, Leanne, I know for, you know, when your kids were young, you were operating on this small amount (laughs) of sleep thing. But that's not your normal. But they're talking about people like, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, 
exactly. Martha Stewart right. always talks about how little sleep she needs. She, you know, that these are people that are naturally short sleepers, and yet they're optimistic. Well, I don't know if that's Martha's characteristic, but <laughs> no, 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 energetic, they're go-getters, they're high achievers, because they're able to operate on such little sleep. And what they feel like is if they can figure out what the, like, DNA of, you know, people like Martha Stewart is, that this might lead to certain drug therapies, um, or it, it could really unlock the clue of how we could all operate with less sleep, which well, sounds I don't want to do that. I enjoy sleeping. <laughs> yes. I enjoy being in bed even if I'm not asleep, you yes. know? So, uh, like, just give me my eight hours of being in bed, right? Or nine. Nine would be nice. Uh, but do I really want to spend only four hours a day laying in my beautiful, big, cow-king, comfy bed? No. Uh, that is not my goal. <laughs> Well, they feel like, you know, that maybe that this would help with people that have to work at night, that they could, you know, develop some therapies to help them because that really throws off your circadian rhythm. Or, you know, the jet lag issue, Liz, which yeah. I'm very familiar with. But, um, but really it's also to try to figure out how to create more of this 1%, these people that can operate with less sleep. So I don't know. So should we protest this research? Is that what I think saying? we should operate with less work. I think that is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think that the, the work day for the average American keeps getting longer and longer. Right. And, and maybe that's what we should stop. That the problem is we're, you know, we don't have enough time to sleep, but that's not sleep's fault, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd go the other way. I, okay. Like, I say, you know, more sleep, less work. Uh, but, Lee, in your house is a super early house. Do you we think, are super early. Do you think early. you would be that way anyway, or is it because your husband, you t when I saw you last night, you were saying the other night he was, he was up at 3 a.m. to go for his run so he could go to work at 4 a.m. That does yeah. seem even beyond the lark. That's like the vampire or something. <laughs> no. I, that's not... The, I, I pointed out, that's not the morning. That's running in the middle of the night. I was like, where have you been? Like, when he came into the bedroom, where have you been? Oh, running. Where I am. Um, we, three out of four of us are early risers. So, and I've always been an early riser. I'm a lark like Julie. Yeah, I just, lark, yes. Yeah. So yeah. So, in fact, we did have a phone conversation at about 6.45 uh, Pacific <laughs> Standard Time this week. So, um, you know, Julie saw I was up. She dialed in. Um, but my other son, Colin, is not. He is definitely late night. But Brooke's always been an early riser. Never once complained about getting up to go uh, to soccer early, to go to, you know, weightlifting at 5.30 in the morning on a school night. Never once. He's an early riser. But... Um, so I don't know what that says about anything. But, Liz, I think you're right. My husband's up running at 3 in the morning, not because, oh, I've had enough sleep, but because work is killing me. Yes, so, exactly. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not. And for him, he's choosing running over unrestful stressing. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that it is more restful to him to go for a run, really. Right. Than and to try not... to stay in bed and not sleep. Right. Okay, well, they're not studying any of this at that, uh, these two research fairs. And obviously, there seems to be much bigger issues that they, they really need to redirect their research dollars because this is going wrong. So, all right. Well, the other big story this week uh, was the PepsiCo CEO, Indra Nuri, was out at Aspen. And this is, they have a big festival of ideas. And she is, she's making a lot of headlines because she essentially said, you know, you can't, as a female CEO, uh, you just can't have 
have it all. Uh, and that if people were to ask Indra Nuri's daughters about whether or not she's been a good mom or a bad mom, she's not really sure how she would answer. She knows that they complained about her missing class coffees and various things, and that her defense always was she was not the only bad mom in the group. So... <laughs> Well, there you have it. That's quite a lot for her to say, as, you know, as a role model, as someone who has broken through the glass ceiling. So my question to you, sisters, is, A, number one, has Indra Nuri set the women's movement back 50 years? Or B, is she just speaking the truth? And C, would you want to work at her company if this is her attitude? Okay. Take it away. Well, I wouldn't want to work at PepsiCo because I don't like Pepsi. Uh, I'm purely in the Diet, camp, Diet Coke <laughs> camp. So there's nothing about the PepsiCo company I enjoy. I enjoy. Uh, Fritos, this is a good product. Um, you know, I, I've met, we've been in a bunch of things with her, uh -huh. haven't we? Yes, like where we she have. speaks, she's really impressive in person. I don't think she's setting everything, anything back. I think people have figured it out by now that you can't have everything right. Yeah, I, I would say this. I would say... Any CEO can't have it all. I don't right. care if you're male or female. I watch the CEOs that I work with, including my own CEO, my direct boss. I mean, he has an unbelievably killer schedule. You know, and he's married and has two little kids, but has this killer travel schedule. I bet he's probably circumnavigating the globe as much as Intranuri is. You just, you have to make your choices at that level. It's one of the reasons why those jobs are so hard and so demanding. So I don't think she's setting anything back. But I do, I, I think it relates to the previous issue on sleep. <laughs> I think that there is this expectation that we can all just keep working harder and harder and extend our working day when we're home because we have, um, we have email and we have Skype. And so you could do that a conference call at 10 o'clock at night because you can just dial in. Well, yes, I know it's possible to dial in, but that doesn't mean that's what I should be doing at 10 p.m. You know, so there is this technology creep, which means for for people not in all lines of work, but in lots of businesses where the workday sort of never ends. And I'd like to see some management around that issue. Like, how, how do how do you do that in a global economy? I'm not sure. Maybe that, that whole Aspen Ideas Festival. They could just work on that. Like, you know, my personal solution would be one time zone for the world. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody's on the same time zone. When it's morning for me, it's morning for you. I don't care if it's dark. It's just going to be morning for me. And maybe, maybe we could switch that every few years. So, you know, sometimes it's, you know, morning is light in uh, the Americas, but, but dark in Asia. And then after a couple of years, it's their turn. Then they get the morning. And, you know, we just have a dark morning. It's just a thought. I'm not sure how you'd actually work that out. But. Liz, now that's a big idea. Wow. Liz got a good night's sleep last night. It's sort of the World Cup of, uh, of Daylight Savings or something. Exactly. Yes, you get, maybe it is a four-year term, Julie. You're right. Okay, Europe, you win this year. Morning is light in Europe for the next four years, and the rest of us just have to suck it up. I think there's a class coffee creep. I mean, you know, forget the word creep. Oh, really? Wait, yes. Remember mom it. showing up ever at school? No. no. And no. now there's just an expo explosion of obligation. For I know. 
to and be. So, and then that's the standard by which we're judged. Like I, I don't under I don't understand that. I there's just a million activities at school now, and and it just won't quit. So it's hard for anybody to go to everything. And I'm, I'm not sure why that's the standard. Even like sporting events. Again, I, you know, I would say I saw mom at one tennis match in four years, uh, and I think they came to my school play when I was in it, you know, but they didn't, she wasn't volunteering backstage and she wasn't liaisoning or anything. She wasn't like getting, what is the the purpose of a class coffee? Not being a parent. I don't really know. But it's, well, it's to meet the other parents in, you know, that are in the same grade so that you, you know, have support, uh, you know, and friendship, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So that's, that's blah, blah, blah. pressure. It's sheer pressure. That's it's all because it it's in the middle of a work day. Yeah, Somebody's work day. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. So I don't understand why that's become the standard of parenting. Like how many events you attend. I, yeah. I just. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But I would say in this case that if you are a young woman and you're thinking about trying to do it all, you know, if you're starting your career and you also want to have a family, you know, or a life outside, even just a life outside of your career, uh, you hear comments like that and you're like, well, what the heck? Why even try? You know, or, you know, where this, you know, that it's not even worth it to try because, it sounds so bad. So no, you know. I totally agree. I think the average, the average, like workplace hours and the way things work and the way work gets distributed, is just very life unfriendly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't care if you're male or female or you have kids or you don't. There is this sort of stretching of always being on call, and you know, it. it you really have to be disciplined to have a life. Uh, or, you know, it's just in my choice. Because it's a choice for me. I, I never have the excuse of, like, okay, sporting event. <laughs> so, I know, but you, have, no, but you have a life. I know I have a life, but that's what I'm saying, yeah. Julie. You still have to be disciplined to have a life. Otherwise, there is this expectation that you could fill up all your spare minutes with other, other work that you could be doing. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's not, I think things are more flexible than, than they were, say, when you were in your 20s, Julie. I think there's an expectation, maybe because more fathers are involved now and in some of those things you just named, I don't know. But it's a little more flexible, but it's still pretty relentless if you're trying to balance all of those things together. Honestly, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I get home from work at night and I say to Paris, thank God you're the only one here. <laughs> Which I don't mean to sound family unfriendly. You know, I do have a line. You're not, Liz. You're not. Don't worry. (laughs) Believe me, I walk in and say, why are you all here? So... (laughs) Or even in the morning. I think about it more in the morning. I don't know how women going to a job, actually, really, I admire you so much that you can also be dealing with your children early in the morning. Because for me, again, going back to the restful sleep issue, morning is not my prime time. So if I can get up and out the door myself in 45 minutes, including walking the dog, that's good. But if I had other people here for whom I had to exercise some responsibility, I'd never get to work in the morning. <laughs> it's stressful. It's, yes. It's very it's stressful. Say, the hardest part of going to work is going to work. Yeah. Yes. Like just, just getting there. So. Okay. All right. 
Okay, well, no, that leaves us, but carry on. <laughs> well, it leaves me drinking Diet Coke, uh, although I don't really drink that much Diet Coke anymore. Um, all right, the other big story this week, of course, was the Supreme Court Hobby Lobby decision. Was it this week or last week? I, I don't know. It's a holiday weekend. And uh, it just makes me, it's a reminder every June, every July, every June, when they come out with these decisions that that Supreme Court has a lot of power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes you wonder, like, who died and made them king? And then you realize, aren't there any checks and balances? (laughs) It doesn't really matter what side you're on. Like, every June, somebody's going to be mad because the Supreme Court makes a decision. And you're like, oh, they get to decide everything. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They're the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. They're not the middle court. They're not just the very good court. They reign supreme, Leanne. I know. Judge and jury, Leanne. How about that? Yeah, that's that's a, unbelievable. That's a good point, Julie. How come there's no jury at the Supreme Court? <laughs> Why don't they have to make the case to actual citizens? Like, you're right. Yeah, it is, it is a really good reminder just how much power is in the hands of nine people. And you're right. Across all kinds of decisions, sometimes you're just shocked that people can actually decide what they decide, (laughs) but but they do. I also, you know, with this whole agreement, the, I, I got to admit, I am uncomfortable with a corporation also having a religious identity. I like, I understand what they were trying to say that it's, you know, this is a small, what did they call it? Narrow. Yes. Closely held that it's a closely, I get that. And I get the moral dilemmas involved in that, but I still feel like you're either a corporation or you're a person. It's the same thing with the election laws, you know, when they've said, well, corporations are people too. Remember that from the last, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Again, let's go back to our previous discussion. No, they're not. They're they're corporations operating uh, with their own interests there. So that's part of it that makes me kind of really, really uncomfortable, uh, giving corporations any more decision-making over my life. It's just, that's me. Well, it really, I mean, certainly there is a polarization. There's so much polarization in our political Mm -hmm. discourse now that regardless whether the decision was four, five, five, four, you know, you know, it was going, people were going to, you know, are trained to react on both sides. And that's what's so discouraging because I think there were some real issues at the heart of the case, but it, you know, because people should have Religious people should have religious freedom. I don't know whether this organization should have that religious freedom. I, that's, that's, that's another issue. But, you know, it all gets, you know, sort of whipped up by people that are getting too little sleep and spending too much time. <laughs> drinking Pepsi. Yeah, drinking Pepsi and just, uh, you know, just not, you know, that I, I, you know, raise your hand if you've read the court decision. I haven't. So I don't, you know, I don't know, but, uh, but I've certainly have read a lot about the court decision, right. but I don't feel like I understood, uh, you know, understood sort of exactly, you know, the sort of the narrow legal issue that they were trying to resolve. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because it, what in a legal environment seems like a, a narrow legal issue has such broad implications, yeah. right. like in right. real life. I think that's, that's what's sort of surprising when these big dramatic decisions come down. Like, well, well, to them, it seems like a narrow issue, but this is very, it could be very broadly interpreted out there in the real world. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. this time it's a narrow decision that perhaps you agree with, but next time, whatever the decision is, it's going to be one you disagree with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, exactly. That's what's sort of shocking, right? It's yeah. just, they just keep coming at you. <laughs> Huge decisions. Again, it feels like they, we should get one slot for a real person on the Supreme Court. <laughs> a rotating slot. Or the jury. I think the jury. The jury just, yeah. <laughs> Might turn things around. Um, Okay, well, uh, changing gears, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the holiday activities um, here in the Southland, as they say, um, here in Southern California, called the Southland. Um, it's a stupid name. I don't. I've never. I've never embraced that. Well, yeah. I've never said it out loud before, Leanne. Yeah. Uh, but that's what. Don't it, do it again. <laughs> yeah. But if you were watching local news here in the Southland, where they use phrases like "here in the Southland," you would have seen that yesterday's big activity at Manhattan beach was a shark attack. Uh, yeah, great white shark bit a guy who was out there swimming. Um, he was swimming from pier to pier. Like, he was a long-distance swimmer. Like, you, so you got to love those guys. But they're, So they're out there. They're swimming along. The, there's a great white shark bites him. And in the in this news, they describe the shark as a juvenile, right? But you're either a great white shark or you're not, in my book. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're a young great white shark, good for you, but you're still a great white shark. So uh, this juvenile shark bit this guy, and then everyone started screaming, like, shark, 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 bite, 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 lifeguard, lifeguard. And people paddled to the swimmer's rescue and, uh, and dragged him into the beach, and they got him to the hospital, and he's going to be fine. Good. But, but when I thought about the whole issue of if someone was in the water yelling shark, shark. would I run towards it? Like, would I, I think of myself as a, like, good Samaritan, mm -hmm. but... Really? You're also a trained lifeguard too. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Does that mean I have a moral obligation? <laughs> yeah. And Monica and I passed our CPR together. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, would I'm asking you guys? Like, would you have moved towards the victim in that situation? You're both no. also trained lifeguards. Yes. No. I would not. I mean, right. And I, if I was on duty, yes. But no. <laughs> no. First of all, I think those people went out to get him, like, on surfboards yes. and stuff. They yes. didn't just swim out there. No, so I they know. had some level of protection. I'm just saying, I don't oh, own a surfboard. Do you think the surfboard's going to protect them from the juvenile great white shark? Okay. That's exactly it. Julie, in the paper today, I read that part. So Chris Lowe, who is a marine biology professor at Cal State Long Beach, said that, you know, they study these sharks out there. Apparently, these sharks live by the Manhattan Beach Pier all the time. And... Beachgoers, this is a quote from the LA Times, beachgoers sometimes paddle out and record the predators circling in the water underneath their boards. Wild, wildlife officials have asked them to be more careful. Sharks will attack if they feel threatened, and the oblong silhouette of a paddleboard or surfer can be mistaken for a shark's primary prey, which would be the sea lion. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so even if you're on your board, you look like a sea lion to a shark. Anyway, I, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily, I would be the one calling 911. Somebody has to do that. Exactly, Liz, because often in an emergency, people forget to call 911. Yeah. So, yeah. Liz, you just take that role on yourself. <laughs> so this is, so in the next situation, just do that, Liz, and we'll feel good, and you won't feel guilty about not being a hero. <laughs> do you think it's just that we have so many role models now, so many people, I don't know, even since, you know, whatever, since 9-11, whatever, that, you know, people who rush towards the danger that, I know. you know, you that really admire them. 
you, yes. you really do admire them that, you know, that people do that now because they know people, you know, need help and they'll rush towards mm-hmm. the danger, mm-hmm. even though to be the hero. Well, here's the thing that has to stop, though, is the reason the shark was so agitated is that people fish off the Manhattan Beach Pier. Mm-hmm. And the so someone was fishing with anchovies and sardines on the line. Mm. And, they, and the shark had bitten the hook. And so the shark had been on the line for 45 minutes. So, oh. with, so with some guy standing on the pier trying to wheel it, reel in a great white shark. And so the shark was so highly agitated, the marine biologist guy earlier in the story is saying, the swimmer just happened to like literally get in the shark's way. The shark was not trying to attack a human. The shark was trying to get off the hook. So maybe fishing right there with anchovies and sardines when you know there are a bunch of sharks under you? What's up with that? Maybe... <laughs> Well, people, like, they want to catch a fish, Liz. They want to catch a shark. People eat shark. It's good. I mean, they're just catching their dinner. I mean, I think the fishermen have a right, okay? Catching their dinner? A a juvenile shark? Okay. That's a position you could take, I guess. Well, I I mean, that's that's people have been fishing on that pier for a long time. I don't don't mind the fishing. It just just seems to me that a shark, like, if you know you have a shark on the line, just cut it loose. Just cut it loose. Just, like, trying to wheel, reel in a shark. That's when their big story. Their big fish tale, Liz. <laughs> this is like the fishing moment of their life. You fish your whole life and you catch nothing. And then you get a great white on your line and you want me to walk away from that? Come on, Liz. Okay, when you put it that way, Julie, I guess I can kind of understand. But uh, remember, Manhattan Beach is a place that... We have been swimming and boogie boarding mm-hmm. many times as a family. So if it's your swimmers and surfers versus your fishermen with a shark on the line, I, I'm going with the real people, which would be us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie's right. Fishermen have rights too, Liz. Okay. Take it to the Can't Supreme we- Court. Let's see what they say. Can't we all just get along with yeah. Not, with, not with great white sharks we can't, Julie. No. <laughs> Okay, let's move from sharks to dogs. Okay, this is other allegedly fun activity in the Southland. So, uh, Lian, you're the one that brought this opportunity to me, correct? Yes, I get pitches in my inbox, Leanne at chaoschronicles.com. Every, I get lots of pitches every day about various media opportunities and activities here in Southern California and beyond. 99% of them don't catch my eye, but this caught my eye because I thought, well, that's a stupid idea. Uh, <laughs> I thought, like, this is a sign of the apocalypse. And I sent it to Liz, and it was that there was going to be a food truck for dogs in Southern California. That's right. As if we don't have enough food trucks here, you take your dog now to a food truck uh, because dogs are people, too. And you stand in line with your dog? Stand in line with your dogs. Because dogs love to stand in line. (laughs) Yeah. With nope. other dogs. Yeah. yeah with Julie, it's of- not just that. You can take a free family photo or doggy selfie in a professional canine-ready photo booth. You can take a relaxing walk break with dog beds, drinking bowls, and puppy toys. And you get a doggy bag full of tasty treats uh, for your hound. That was that was the pitch. That was the lure. So I jokingly sent it to Liz because the, the food truck was going to be in Santa Monica. I was like, hey, maybe you can do this with Ferris. Ha ha. 
And Liz emailed me back like, yeah, I'll just do this with Ferris. I'm taking that day off of work. And then, Liz, what happened? Yeah, so this was Thursday. I was taking Thursday off to extend my holiday a little bit, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I thought, yeah, they're at the Santa Monica Airport. There's a dog park there that's like 15 minutes from my house. That would be kind of fun. So I emailed the PR person and said, you know, it says you're going to be at the Santa Monica Airport in the morning. Can I come by about mid-morning? And she said, well, we're not exactly sure how long we're going to stay at each stop. So you might want to come first thing. So what? And it's important to note that we're asked as media people. Yes, exactly. Press people to actually like preview the event and then, you know, if we enjoy it, to tell people about it. And and that's, I think, the key difference. It wasn't just like, oh, it's, you know, you're a person with a dog. Come on over. No, right. They're looking for coverage of their dog truck or a food truck for dogs. And I thought we were, Lee and I kind of agreed, we're the perfect place to publicize something like that. Mm -hmm. Because we talk about dogs anyway. And, right. we, and, and, we, and the food truck uh, is making a national tour, Julie, stopping in many sort of satellite sister hubs. Yeah. Oh, so okay. we thought, oh, well, yeah, fun. So uh, even though it's my day off, you know, you're up kind of early. The dog needs to go out first thing in the morning anyway. So it said Santa Monica Airport, 730 in the morning. So I was actually at Santa Monica Airport, 730 in the morning, me and Ferris. <laughs> and there to, like, have fun with all – take a doggy selfie. And you know how much Ferris hates having his picture taken. Yes. But, <laughs> like, so I drive in, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, hmm. And then we pull into the parking lot. We get out, and I'm like, hmm. There is no food truck for dogs at the Santa Monica Dog Park at 7.30 in the morning. There's, uh, there are a couple of dogs there with a couple of dog owners. There's nothing going on there at 7.30 on Thursday morning. So, and, and bear in mind, I had emailed this person in charge and said, I'm coming. I'll be there at 7.30. Great. And she emailed back, thanks. Would love to have you come. Blah, 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 blah. Um, So uh, she had said the best way to check for immediate updates are on our Twitter page. So she sent me the Twitter page for the food truck. And, um, but, you know, when you're invited to something at 730 in the morning, you don't, like, at 7 think, oh, I better check Twitter to make sure it's actually happening. (laughs) I, she had emailed me a time and a place. I considered it to be locked in. So I get there. There's no, there's no food truck. And okay, it's so that is a bad scene. You alone, <laughs> airport parking lot. Yes, thank you, Julie. Around seven thirty in the morning, you probably haven't even had your coffee. Yes, right. Little Ferris is still shaking. Like, oh gosh. I'm trying to do something good for the show and good for them, and instead, it's just a very unhappy start to the day. So. um so I took a picture of Ferris and I alone at the dog park, and I sent it to the PR person and said, here I am with Ferris at the Santa Monica dog park. <laughs> that, oh, Liz, that's good. That's, that's sort of new social media mean. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted, I didn't want to just text her or tweet her and say, we're here, where are you? I wanted to prove we were alone in a dog park at 730 in the morning. <laughs> So, so uh, the PR person emails me back, uh, 
So sorry, Liz, we had issues with our permits, so the truck had to move to Redondo Beach Dog Park. Like, oh, thanks, yeah, that's only like another 45 minutes away from here. So sure, I'm going to do that first thing in the morning. No. Uh, and she, then she said, like, can you join us Saturday or Sunday? We're going to try to be back in Santa Monica then, roaming the streets. And here's where it just gets completely ridiculous. She's like, if you just keep checking our Twitter feed, you'll know where we are, and you can come find us. <laughs> I like, Let's I, just repeat that, Julie. Someone told Liz Dolan, check the Twitter, Twitter feed so you can yes. find us. Yeah. Just constantly check that, Liz. Th- that's what I want to do. Nothing else yeah. to do, Liz. Nothing, Nothing else going on. Nothing I would rather do than constantly check my Twitter feed for the location of a food truck for dogs. Right? <laughs> And, I, I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would ask, like, I, 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 maybe it's a generational thing, but I, I'm like, why can't you just tell me where you're going to be? <laughs> you, wait, let me get this straight. You invited us to this, and now are you refusing to tell me where you're going to be? Ooh, Liz, they're building, they're building demand. <laughs> they're creating some buzz. I think that's what That's what they think they're doing, Julie. So, uh, so Friday, on the 4th of July... All day, of course, I'm obsessively checking their Twitter feed. Oh, right. And, and they, did, they did not post one single notice about where they were. <laughs> uh, they're afraid of you. <laughs> That's it. And she said, oh, I can put you in touch with our tour director. I'm like, yeah, you have my email. If the tour director could tell me when you're going to be in Santa Monica, that would be great. I haven't heard a peep, Julie. Nothing. Because it's all about the Twitter. I, and I don't understand why. Why? Why? If you want me to come to something, just tell me. Just, <laughs> just, you asked me. How did we get into this? I just, so, uh, so yesterday, Leanne, when I saw you, uh, we were double-checking, right? And it was like... Right. Well, no, you were double-checking. You were telling us this story. And you're like, I'm going to check right now. Where's that food truck? Now she, now she can't let it go, Jewel. I know. Let it I know. Go. You're going to take this truck down. Like, you're going to blow it up. You're, it's going to be like that the truck that blew up. Is that what's going to happen? I I wanted to participate in the fun, right? I, w- I was willing to, like, suspend all disbelief about how stupid the idea is and actually just go right. experience the food truck for dogs because it seemed funny and that we could have a funny conversation about it today. Instead of being tortured all weekend, that I'm supposed to really, this is supposed to drive my whole schedule all weekend, is how this food truck for dogs is moving around the whole South, the whole Southland. So, yeah, it also showed like a complete, like no understanding of how big Los Angeles is or, you know, traffic. Who knows where this food truck is actually from or these 12-year-old PR people. Right, (laughs) right. So, yeah, so at 7.30 in the morning, instead of being in Santa Monica, I'll say, oh, yeah, we'll drive down to Redondo Beach. Sure. No, no, that is not (laughs) happening. By the way, I did check this morning. There is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the truck is currently at the uh, Huntington Beach uh, dog park. They have one right there on the beach. So yeah. if you're hearing this now, which would be impossible, but if you are in Orange County, uh, you can uh, – if you just – I bet if you just Google food truck for dogs, you, you'll find out everything you need to know. Because Liz isn't going to tell you the Twitter. No, page. I'm not, not going to give you the Twitter. No. No. Are, are you going to work uh, on Monday? Or are you just going just gonna to search out this food truck for dogs? Remember, it's heading east, people. So Minneapolis, food truck for dog, head, 
we're not going to tell you where or when. Uh, don't don't ask us the name. Nope, nothing. That's apparently their marketing goal is to just have you totally confused about how you can actually take part in this uh, this activity. So Ferris was very disappointed. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Speaking of, like, things I would never want to do, I saw this in the New York Times travel section today. Uh, It's a new, like, sort of a popular, I don't want to say vacation spot, but a a popular activity now uh, in certain uh, cities all over the world that you can do either on vacation or just in your free time. And this is what, this is the, uh, this is the whole gist of the story. Um, you and a group of people get together, you go to like an unnamed building, you make your reservations, and then they lock you in a room together, oh. and you need to get out of the room. So that's what? the game. That is the game that you are, you know, you're lured to this room. It's a locked room. There are clues in the dark, small, stuffy room to get you and your group out of the game. Wow. <laughs> Out of the room. Does that sound like the worst idea ever? I don't. Well, for, for you, Leon, it ticks off many boxes. <laughs> that you know, it's a, a a small dark room, right? I, just, I can't with just, with people that you may or may not know, and you have to like work together while you're panicking to get out of a locked room. Who thinks that that is fun? I, I don't it's know. sort of like those murder mystery cruises. Only except work. you're locked yeah. in a small room. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Leon, this is. I don't know why, but once again, I found myself watching the Today Show this week, and I don't know you why. know, the, I, I don't know. And the Today Show, one of my one of my many beefs about it is they've turned the Today Show. It's all about them on the Today Show. It's right. you know, all they do is like stories about Matt Lauer or you know, behind the scenes, but. They tried. They tried this thing, Leanne, that you just oh, talked about, where they had teams of like the different people on the Today Show were locked in in the room and they had to get out. So, yes, it looked terrible. So, can you imagine you could have been locked in a room with Matt Lauer. <laughs> that that takes it beyond my worst nightmare. <laughs> So apparently it started in Budapest. This is where it, like, caught on. Oh, I was going to guess Brooklyn. But, okay, Budapest. Now now there are, now there's, so there are over 50 companies running these locked room things in Budapest. And now it's, like, spread out and franchised all over the world. So Las Vegas, it's popular. In New York, New York, it's popular now. Uh, The room escape is what they're called. And I, I, I just can't, I... So is this just for, for people to sort of um, showcase their problem-solving skills? Yeah, team is building, that- Julie, through deductive logic, teamwork, and a little bit of luck, they figure out how to get out. You know, I don't want a team build in a dark locked room. <laughs> is it really dark? It's you tell- yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. You're in a dark room. I mean, and uh, there might be small bits of light, but it's essentially it's a locked dark room. I don't even like getting in an elevator <laughs> that's slightly crowded these days. <laughs> I think you should take up swimming on Manhattan, off Manhattan Beach. It sounds safer. It does sound like a better 
vacation opportunity for you. I would. If you actually, Julie, if I had to either swim with sharks or get in a small, large, dark locked room, I'd swim with sharks. Yeah, I think you have better chances, Leanne, better chances. So. Oh, God, oh my goodness. awful. Well, sisters, I know you just, I can tell Liz that you are now obsessed with this dog food truck. And Leanne, you're so worried that you're going to, I, I think you're going to find yourself in a, a, a locked, dark room. It's true. I think it's coming to Pasadena. It seems like an ideal town and that you have a lot of social activities that go on. You're going to get invited to some event and you're going to go and you're going to think you're going to be there to talk about Elizabeth, the first wife, and you're going to be locked in a room. There you go. So you just need to take your minds off of it. And sisters, I have the show for you. Okay. I'm just saying, put down your summer reading. What you, get, you know, fire up your Netflix because I want you to start watching Scandal. Now, you, as you know, on our Facebook uh, page, many people have recommended um, watching Scandal. That mm-hmm. they they wanted us, Leanne, because we talk about TV shows yes. on Tuesday, that this was a, a potential show that we could talk about. We so made a mistake going with that Mr. Selfridge. We should have gone. <laughs> we gone. gone with Scandal. And here are the eight reasons, sisters, why you need to watch Scandal. Number one, Liz, it's set in Washington. And you know that the fake D.C. is so much better than the real Washington, D.C. Yes. You need to love this show. I know you love it. Okay. Have- Reason alone. <laughs> Number two, Leanne, it has a strong female lead, Olivia Pope. She's yes. beautiful. She's smart. She's strong. She, you know, she's you know, eloquent. She gives these fiery, passionate speeches. You are going to love her. Number three, third reason why you have to watch Scandal is um, Olivia Pope has not one, but two boyfriends. At- <laughs> okay. And one of them happens to be the president of the United States. Okay. Now, you know I'm not big on adultery, but I think for certain reasons, for certain conditions, yes. you can understand it. And the other one is this very dreamy, sexy, good-looking, evil, double-secret spy guy. So, and, and the thing about it is she has lots of sex. <laughs> okay? That's so all in the show. In well, fact, that's power. That's true power. Many other of the characters have lots of sex. There is sex, sex, sex going on in this show. So you need to have it. Fourth reason, there is a first lady on this show, and you love her. You hate her. You love her. You hate her. Okay? But they've got a, a, an excellent first lady character. Okay. Fifth reason, Leon, I know this is, you're going to love it, is they kill a lot of people on this show. Characters yeah. are shot off. All the time, okay? So you just can never, you can't relax. You can't think, oh, well, they'll never, you know, nothing will ever happen to so-and-so because they're a lead character. Oh, they get killed all the time. (laughs) Sixth reason, Liz, it is TV. And you know, this is the one thing, TV, it's not real. And that's what's great. So Olivia Pope, she has a multi-million dollar wardrobe. (laughs) She has office space to kill for. She has this fabulous apartment and she has very few clients. (laughs) By season two or three, she just stops she stops working with clients altogether. You don't. Have, she doesn't have any clients. So you like that. She rarely sleeps. She is one of these one percent people. You never see her in bed. Or if she's unless in bed, she's having sex with her boyfriends, but she prefers 
not she prefers to use kitchen counters the oval <laughs> office to, uh, to have a lot of her sex so that okay. that brings it up okay she has a fabulous figure okay i was just all during season one i was like well how does she have this fabulous figure she never exercises and she apparently just drinks red wine and popcorn those are the only <laughs> two things she consumes on this show but it all works for her mm -hmm. because it's tv so um so that's it great <laughs> Number seven, even though she is one of the most powerful people in Washington, people have unlimited access to her apartment door. You cannot believe the people that are coming and going out of Olivia Pope's apartment. It is amazing, astounding. You just that when that doorbell, when that not, when the doorbell rings, who knows? And Leanne, finally, the eighth reason, reason is there are so many spies. They get spies versus spies versus double spies. Oh. So it's a great theme. So you have to get into it. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the Satellite Sisterhood was right about it. So uh, um, so you're I, you're going to stop, you two on the Tuesday show, enough with the costume dramas. You're just <laughs> yeah. going to go with, like, the, Olivia, with Pope. Olivia Pope all the way. Yeah, Leon. So you have some time, you know. Netflix, catch up, and then we'll be ready to go uh, when it uh, when it takes off in the fall. Ready to, okay, all right. You know, I was on the bandwagon season one, and then I fell off season two um, because some of the plot lines are so outrageous. Yes, well, uh, it's TV, Leon. And yeah. I know, but I that's sometimes I just I can't roll with those Shonda Rhimes shows because it's just really outrageous <laughs> plot lines. I like a touch of outrageous, but not like every week, everybody's trying to kill the president and <laughs> sleep with the president simultaneously. That yeah. just seemed like the president isn't doing anything not one thing talking like about Olivia Pope. Like he doesn't make one decision except you know when can i see olivia pope again i That's just right. didn't and he has unlimited time to see her too it's really yeah. amazing it's yeah again it's tv Leon. so just just go with <laughs> hey joel all right you know what's funny is my son brooks just started watching lost on uh netflix and you know how much i love lost and i i feel the loss of lost still in my life like there is no show that's filled that hole and so watching netflix watching watching him watch it it's like seeing it again for the first time. It's making me so happy. <laughs> it's like I can give myself over again to the ridiculousness of Lost. Again, not anchored in anything real, and yet somehow so subtle, you just go with it. So, uh, all right, Julie. Well, I will try. I will try again. It was when okay. there's that one character that I was getting a lot of service in the scripts. That's all I can say. The one yep. like the the Vietnam War vet or the mm -hmm. vet. Uh, but he was like, every week he killed the president. I didn't understand why. <laughs> he, he, I didn't get Liam, it. Liam, spoiler alert. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot. So, and Liz, this is an ideal thing for your next international trip. You okay. can really right. catch up and you will enjoy it. Do a so. whole season on a long international flight. Uh -huh, Excellent. Uh -huh. hey, hey, speaking of international, there was one thing I wanted to mention on the show that I forgot to tell you guys. And this is... Uh, a World Cup uh, technology leap forward. I don't know if the, it's Sunday as we record this, if you were watching um, the games this weekend on Friday and Saturday, but I had not seen before the, the whipped cream line. 
Like, yep. what is that? The, That's a new line. That's yes. a new bit of technology that FIFA has adapted from the MLS. Have you seen this, Julie? Where, yeah, where the, they, like, the players have to line up, so the referee has, like, a can of Ready Whip with him, and he just whoop, <laughs> makes a line out of whipped cream, and they have to stand behind it? I was, I was just laughing out loud seeing that. <laughs> so, so that's a thing in the MLS, Liam? Yeah. You know what happens when they do those PKs? They're supposed to be 10 feet, like the defender's supposed to be 10 feet behind the ball. Um, but my son, the soccer player, says the minute they, you know, the ref sets up the wall, he turns his back to go put the, the ball down, and the whole wall inches up, you know, another foot, another foot. <laughs> they just all move collectively. So that's why now they mark the line, and then they mark where the ball's meant to be to try to prevent that. But it, it is fascinating, Liz, because those refs are running – and the temperatures are so hot there. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the canister made of? I'm surprised it just doesn't explode <laughs> from the agitation and the heat. And then the idea is it just disappears right into the field. You know, it's yeah. like it is like a shaving cream or a cool whip or something. Just disappears <laughs> right into the field. Anyway, I like it. It was just a new element to the yeah. game, added to the game. Yeah, which is, simple, uh, elegant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So, Lee, are you changing your picks for the finals? Who You, uh, you still think Argentina can take, go all you the know, way? You know, I was on the fence. I didn't think Argentina was playing particularly well other than Messi, but they had a good game this weekend. So I was sort of thinking I would like to see Belgium go through. I think that was a good young team. Uh, but Argentina came back and beat them. So, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with Messi. Uh, I can go back on my pick. Um, we have a big Germany lobby in my house, too, being that my <laughs> husband's family is German. And uh, so that's moving forward, too, fairly strongly. So we have, I guess, anyone but Brazil is what we want. <laughs> in the How house. can you say that? You no. know, they're a dirty team, Liz. They are a dirty team. You know, I am sorry that Neymar got nailed and his back was broken, but they this is the star player. Yes, so. right. Yep. For, and with with yes. the excellent hair. Yes. Yep. In the 88th minute, he got hammered by a Colombian defender. But they were, like, wrecking that Jaime's Rodriguez all game. And that's the way they play. They're just a dirty team. They're a dirty team. Dirty team. Mm-hmm. So, I don't – we don't love I, – I like the people of Brazil. I think Brazil's <laughs> done a fine job. Uh-huh. I hope the Brazilians listening don't take this personally. But um, it's hard of to root for that will, team. Of course they will, I know they will. It's hard for me to root for that team. I think they're just – uh, kind of a dirty team. So, Julie, do you have a pick? I, I was go- going with the home team, Brazil. That, uh, was, okay. that was my pick early on. And uh, now I think with Neymar out, it, it just it makes it even more emotional to, to vote for mm-hmm. to go for um, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? How about you? Well, you know, I work with a lot of Argentinians, many, many Argentinians. So uh, I would be happy to see them succeed. And, you know, I have a new keener appreciation for Messi than I ever had before. Because I always knew he was really good, but it's not like I sit ar- sat around and watched a lot of Messi. And he really is awesome. And He's awesome. the extra thing about him that I like is that he is just so not attractive. You know, right. he's just yeah. like looks he, like an accountant. Exactly. <laughs> I think he. I, I said plumber, Julie. He <laughs> he just looks like if you showed up at your door to like unstop your sink, you would be totally fine with that. Like, okay, come on in. He just doesn't. There are so many like. They're all so attractive. Insanely attractive. Insanely attractive men yeah. in, the, in the game of international football. Uh, but he's, like, not only very average looking, he's shorter than average. And so I like the fact that he is such a champion, even though he doesn't look like one. You and know. he literally has the worst haircut uh, in all of, <laughs> of major sports. I can't. 
He, that haircut, what is that? What is that haircut? <laughs> I mean, he has an counts. odd... It's, it's, yeah. he's, he's tied with Djokovic for worst haircut <laughs> yeah. of professional athletes. Djokovic also, horrible haircut. But a champion. Yeah. Champion. How, did, how did, it, did he just win? He just won. I, um, you know, we record in, uh, in our closets, and my husband slipped me a little note uh, during the recording <laughs> session. Djokovic won. So, oh, yeah, wow. He won in five sets over Roger Federer. It was a barn burner. It was, it was uh, an incredible match by two champions. It was great, great tennis. And great, great star watching. Will and Kate were there, Bex yes. and Posh were there, Clive Owen, Kate uh, Winslet. Wow. Good. Yeah, it's a good crowd today. That's the place to be next year. If you're not at the World I'm sure all those people were at the World Cup then showed up at Wimbledon. <laughs> and then they're going back to Brazil. Anyway, I... All right, I just wanted to mention one thing. I am posting uh, our Satellite Sisters Word Write Festival this week. It would be great if people wanted to download all these three interviews I did with really fun authors. Annabelle Gerwich went up last week, and uh, so you can find it at the Satellite Sisters website, or it should have popped up in your iTunes or Stitcher feed. A um, couple more authors coming up, and then I'm scheduling a few more for later in July. So plenty of authors to talk to, but Annabelle Gerwich's book, I See You Made an Effort, is very fun. It's uh, essays on aging, and she's just super funny, and she's kind of one of those people that you just press the button and she starts talking, right. and she's delightful. She, that delightful. was a super fun conversation. Thank I enjoyed you. listening to that, Leanne. Yeah, thank because, you. Because, you know, I look forward to the Tuesday shows, and then, uh, you know, which didn't quite materialize this week for lots of totally good reasons. And then I know there was talk of a Wednesday show or a Thursday show or a Friday show, but the Tuesday show just became the Sunday show. So, right? So it's, yeah. it was really nice to have Annabelle Gerwich as a added extra benefit this week. Yes, and next week is Amy Alcon, um, you know, the advice goddess, Amy Alcon. So she has a new book out called Good Manners for Nice People Who Sometimes Say Bad Words. And uh, so she's sort of uh, the anti-Dr. Forney. She's not, she's like, if Dr. Forney believed in revenge, uh, that's, what, that's what Amy Alcon is. She does not turn the other cheek. She expects good manners, but she does not turn the other cheek. So that's good. Uh, anyway, so that will post this week. And we still have our special deal going at Audible, right? So yes. if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, you can download a free audiobook. It's the perfect season for this. Any long drives, long trips you're on, even just sitting at the beach, it's kind of nice to just put your headphones on, put your earbuds in, and have someone tell you a story. So if you want to support Satellite Sisters, um, testing out the whole Audible um, audiobook system would be a good way to do that. So that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. You have to use our special code for us to get the credit for it. Yeah, my son is using it for his summer reading. So, uh, oh, that's just, good. He just downloaded Oliver Twist. So oh. there you go. Because okay. as he said, oh, Dickens, there are so <laughs> many words. I bet that makes a really good audiobook. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's and it's read by a really good British actor. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, so what else we got going on here? That's it. That's you it. Guys, you guys, you guys up for a, are you up for a Tuesday show this week? 
I believe it is in the stars, Liz. Uh, yes. Yes. That's the plan. We start, we start each week hopeful. Uh, you know, that's, that's the way we go. But, but don't pressure us, Liz. Yeah, come on, Liz. No, I know. I, no. <laughs> hey, I understand. I, well, I'm just, I'm just tracking a food truck. I got, you know, I, ha- I have my focus now. Food truck for dog. Thought it was a good idea. And they've yet to prove it to me. Uh, okay. Just stay out of dark rooms, okay? If anyone invites you over for something fun and new, just say no, okay? (laughs) Got it. (laughs) All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend. We are the Satellite Sisters. Uh, Call your Satellite Sister. You walk into the world you make. You lose yourself, but you you find your way. I'm going to watch you radiate. I'm gonna watch you radiate, 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 oh, oh, radiate. These rocks, they hold heat, pools of water, cool your feet. As you walk, you believe every part of 